open up tonight asking the question, what are you looking forward to the most this semester? Maybe you had many different things you're looking forward to, um, but as I, I've been meditating upon that question, like one thing uh, that brings me joy, that brings me hope is seeing people like when they, they know what the gospel is, first of all, and they have a fire in their heart to share it. Today in our second reading, St. Paul doesn't say the word gospel once, not twice, not three times, but four times, but five times. And the question I just put before you tonight, before I go any further, like, what is the gospel? The first time I asked a couple that I was doing marriage prep with and got to their marriage prep date, and I said, you know, what is the gospel? All I heard were two words. It's good, you know, good news. And if that was what the gospel is, maybe that's what you think it is, like, that doesn't move me. That doesn't make me want to change. That doesn't make me want to be like St. Paul, who literally said, I am a slave. Because he's imitating Christ. So, you know, you read Philippians chapter 2, and, and, and it talks about this canonic hymn, this emptying of God in the person of Jesus, emptying himself and taking the form of a slave. So St. Paul is trying to uh, just know that he says those words like, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel and, that, and it, it's just so important that we begin to know like what the gospel is because one thing the gospel is, is the gospel is power. The gospel is power. It has, it has the power to break chains. The gospel has power to set captives free. The gospel has power to change your life. And that's why I want to talk about the first time I ever heard the gospel, like preached authentically where I, I think I was actually listening for the first time. I have a, a, a crazy bad listening uh, past. Um, I'll tell you about that story another time. But I was sophomore in college, you know, I'm in my second year and kind of wondering, maybe what some of you are wondering, that you've wondered before, like, is there more to life than this? That's kind of the question just stirring in my heart. I'm doing everything that the world is telling me to do with the hookup culture, with partying, with um, playing sports. And oddly, sometimes guys are worse gossips than girls. Like, my baseball team was just, like, the worst sometimes. Not me, of course, but those guys were really bad. Um, and it's just... I'm just kind of wondering, like, how come every, everybody in high school told me when, when I went to college, this is what would make me happy? Hook up, party, whatever, and just kind of live a, a wild life uh, with seemingly no consequences, but then I just feel like a turd, like, 90% of the time. I wouldn't tell anyone that, of course, because I had to look the part, I look cool, right? So, um, but I remember when I was a, a sophomore, my brother called me, oldest brother, confirmation sponsor, he was listening to Relevant Radio, and he said, what are you doing on January 17th? And I said, I don't know. I think I have baseball practice, but like, what's up? And he's like, there's this really powerful conference happening. It's the first one of its kind called the Men of Christ Conference. And I'd love for you to join me. Now, when I'm picturing this in my mind, like what I'm imagining is, you know, banners and, you know, flags and balloons because God is a balloon. God's a flower. That's how God was kind of presented to me. He had like no desire for anything. He just wanted to, he just, he was nothing, nothing was personal with God. And uh, I said, sure, fine, I'll go. Side note, I did have a girlfriend at the time. So then I was like, well, maybe she'll like, you know, think I'm cool. Like she'll like find this attractive because I'm actually doing something holy for, for once. So I go to this conference and um, yeah, that, that, that day my life changed completely. And it's primarily because of the gospel. First thing that happened that day, there's 3,000 men there. And uh, the master of ceremonies who's standing up front, like we you know the Ambo, and he, said, he just says, gentlemen, after today, your lives will never be the same. And I'm in, in my head, I don't even know what the word Catholic means. I don't even know like the Hail Mary, but I'm like, I've never heard a Jesus person speak like that before, like just authentically and strongly. And then he said it again. He said, gentlemen, after today, your lives will never be the same. 
and he had this conviction, this, this drive in his heart. And, and immediately I'm kind of like a little bit pushed back because I don't, I, you know, I don't really want to change today. I just want to like, you know, go through the motions and make my girlfriend happy. So I'm like, well, okay. And then um, the first speaker came out and he was the most on fire Catholic I ever met my life or ever saw in my life. His name is Jesse Romero, former cop from, from uh, California, just Latino heat, right? So just like, just crazy, crazy on fire. I honestly don't remember what he said, but I do know that when he stopped talking, my first thought was, I've never heard anybody who loves Jesus talk like that before. Never heard it. And then the, the next talk is the one that changed my life. And it was by Father Larry Richards, who's just a priest hero of mine. He's the one who stirred the, the, the call in my heart. And he talked about what it meant to be a man. And he was just talking about like kind of what all of us men know, but we don't do. And what he began to do, long story short, is he's telling jokes. He's funny. I'm not. I'm kind of like, I wish I had that. And then he's, he's, he's joyful. He's passionate. I'm not joyful. I'm not passionate. I'm like, I want that. But his whole talk, the way I could show it to you is he took it what, the, the image of what it means to be a man in the culture, in the world today, which would be like womanizing, which would be money, cars, clothes, you know, whatever it is, status, you, you name it. And he took that and he flipped it. And as, I, as he began to flip it, I began to see what it was, what it meant to be a man. And it, it was to be like Jesus on the cross. A man who's selfless, a man who lays down his lives for others, who becomes a slave for others, like St. Paul's talking about today. And he said, if you want to be a man of God, he, he presented the gospel in, in such a, a powerful way, calling me higher, loving me higher. And he said, if you want to be a man of God, and like I did, like in my heart I did, he said, then surrender your life to Jesus today in the confessional. So I did. I went to confession that day. And I, 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 you guys are way ahead of where I was at at the time. But I remember like I went to confession and I, I knew the things I was doing was, were wrong. Like there was no doubt I was living uh, an unbecoming, unattractive lifestyle. But I wouldn't even know that those things were called sins yet. But I knew they were wrong. But I was truly repentant um, and just felt that lift. Just... You know, I absolve you. Just hearing the words of absolution. And I just felt like a, to- a weight was like lifted off my, my chest, off my shoulders, and I felt free. Um, in the afternoon, there was one more talk before Mass. And it was a conversion story of a gentleman who was clinically dead for three hours, came back to life. And he's just talking about this Jesus who came into his life and redirected everything, like literally everything in his life. And internally, I'm getting angry because I'm kind of wondering, how come nobody told me about this Jesus? How come I was presented my whole life with this Jesus who's a balloon, who's kind of out there, who's soft, who has no backbone? Like, why was that the Jesus I was presented to? Hippie Jesus, whatever, you, you name it. Like, you've, you've heard it before, right? And, you know, that doesn't make me want to change. But the Jesus who, like, lays his life down for me, who calls me by name, as we heard in our psalm today, who wants what's best for me, like, that's what I want. That's a Jesus I want to get to know. Because if the gospel isn't presented authentically and passionately and prayerfully, no one's going to change. You're not going to change. I'm not going to change. And we're all here because hopefully in one way or another, you desire change in your life and transformation and hope. And then it came time for Mass. And I was a Catholic who didn't even know what the word Mass was. 
Uh, it was probably the first time I went to Mass in a state of grace in my whole life. And, you know, the, I wish I could say it was the music, but it wasn't the music for me. You know, God bless you, Frankie. We love you. Your music is great. But that wasn't what it was for me. Uh, it wasn't the Word of God because I, it just wasn't where I was at. I wasn't even ready to receive the Word yet. I wasn't formed. I didn't ever go to a Bible study or do discipleship groups or go to seek conferences. I was so far behind. But it was just something that happens at this altar every single Mass that changed my life. Because first of all, I was presented the gospel, but then now salvation comes. The extremely good news, the life-changing good news. And it was, as the altar is being set, which we'll do in just a moment here, um, and uh, I just see things being set on the altar, wine and bread. I, I'm like, okay, I know what's happening. That's cool. But it, internally, I'm, I'm, ask, I'm listening to that voice that I heard earlier today from the MC say, your life will never be the same after today. And I'm kind of like, what's, when's my moment going to be? Like, when's the, the light bulb going to go off? And when am I going to see the fireworks? When are the, when are the clouds going to part? But as I began to see that, I just began to doubt. This is not real. Nothing's going to happen for me. And the doubts were just tremendous. But when the Archbishop, who is now Cardinal Dolan, who is a Cardinal in New York, when he was celebrating Mass that day, he just did a simple motion, and it changed everything for me. It was just this. Just calling down the Holy Spirit upon bread and wine. And as soon as he did that, I felt the room change. And then what I'll do in just a moment, he did. And he had what I thought was bread, just, just ordinary bread, you know, whole life. But as he spoke the words of institution, as, 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 as God in the book of Genesis speaks and things change, as he spoke the words, this is my body, I broke. Like the Lord just shattered every hard piece of my heart. And all I could feel from this what I now know to be Jesus in this host is just love. And I can't understand why he would love me that much. Why he would do that. Why he would make himself so small. Why he allowed me to receive him so many times in a state of mortal sin. Why, Lord, why? As he's now offering Jesus to the Father for all of the sins of the world, I just hear the God speak to me in my heart for the first time. And all I heard was this. This is the purpose of life, and you are called to be a priest. And it scared the crap out of me. I was so scared, because I didn't know anything. Just lost. That's where I want to end the night, because there's more to my story, and I'll share it another time. But how many people on this campus are also lost? That you get the opportunity to share the living person of Jesus with this semester. That's why we have focused missionaries, why Michaela's here, that's why we have Bible studies, because there's so many people who just don't even know what their next step is supposed to be. And you have the opportunity to walk with them. And that's why St. Paul says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. And next week we're going to hear him say, I became all things to all men to save at least some, right? We have enough people in this world who live for themselves. We have the invitation to be selfless, to be slaves to Jesus Christ, because if you're not a slave to Jesus Christ, you're going to be a slave to something else, a slave to fear, a slave to drinking, a slave to the hookup culture, whatever it is. 
There's no other better person to be a slave to because your, your master, your Lord, like he loves you more than you could ever imagine. He wants you to be always in his embrace, but then he wants you to bring as many people with you as possible to heaven. And you get the invitation to share the best news ever, the news, again, that saves, and the news that transforms. And the thing is, when it comes to the gospel, when Father Larry preached the gospel, um, that's just all he did. He just preached it. He didn't come to me and say, hey, Zach. He just spoke the good news, the transforming, life-changing good news. But then he gave me an option. He gave me the choice to go to confession and surrender my life to Jesus. It wasn't forced upon me, but he had something that I wanted. He had something attractive. He had something that I lacked, joy, passion, peace, humor. And I, I never forget that day, just to have that encounter. So whatever it is that you are looking forward to this semester, like, woe to us if we don't preach the gospel this semester. If you don't know how to, like, you don't even know what the gospel is, go see a focus missionary. They're trained in it. It's like what they do. It's why they're here. But also, you're ready to take that next step. Like, no, I know what the gospel is. Like, I, I think I'm ready to be formed in it. Like, they're there to, like, teach you how to present the gospel to others on this campus. Again, the best thing I like about the gospel is it's just, it's just delivering mail. Like, the pressure's not on you. You just deliver the mail, and it does the work for you. It's great. The Lord didn't come here to make our lives any more difficult, but if you had the best news ever, like, and I'll just end with this thing, because this is what was in my mind as I was thinking about Mass tonight, so I'm a weirdo, so here you are. But, like, we've all been through the pandemic. We've all been through just the, the hardship there, the loneliness, the... I don't know, just a weird political whatever. And I'm just going to say this. I honestly, I don't care if you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. That's not the point of my message as I'm going to end here. But like, you know, if you're just looking for a vaccine, and let's just say the vaccine's good for everyone. We know it 100%. Science proves it, so there's that. But like, if you had the vaccine, but you didn't tell anyone, Like, what kind of person are you? If you had the cure to cancer, but you didn't tell anyone, what kind of person does that make you? But if you share that with others, there's like so much hope. That's one thing the gospel offers the rest of us. And we have the vaccine. We have the cure. It is the gospel which covers us in the blood of Jesus and sets captives free, but also, again, Woe to us if we don't preach the gospel this semester. So my hope is that something's stirring in your heart that is drawing you to a deeper desire to find those who are lost so that you too may be like St. Paul and at least save some. We all know someone on this campus who's lost. And wouldn't it be just odd if you never gave them a compass, you never told them what their next step should be, Let us take a moment of silence to really look at ourselves, the Lord, and just ask the Holy Spirit right now. We just pray for you, Holy Spirit, to fall upon us. And we just pray for a deeper desire 
to receive the gospel, to be trained in the gospel, to thirst for the gospel, but also to share the gospel. And help us know, Lord Jesus, that there is someone out there who is waiting for us to share you, Jesus, with them. Pray for it, outpouring the Holy Spirit upon all of our efforts this semester and for a deeper desire to find the lost and forsaken. Make all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.